0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter.
1: Hi and welcome to this week's episode. This week is Tara's week and next week is Tara's week because we're going to talk about something that is very close to her heart. Sort of, or it's the side effect of something else that is very close to her heart. <laughs> yeah, that's more like yeah. it. And I'm going to stop being cryptic now and actually say it. We're talking about recipe clutter. So this week we're going to chat, and this is like because Tara is able to talk at great length about this, we're having it in two parts. So our first episode this week is going to be, um we're going to talk about what is recipe clutter and why do we have it. And then we're going to talk about decluttering our recipe clutter and organising it so that it works for us next week. So, Tara, recipe clutter. Why are we talking
0: about recipe clutter? Because it gives me an excuse to talk about cooking and cookbooks (laughs) and everything like that that I love. And it's a real issue. I think this is a really big issue for people and my hand would have been up a couple of years ago. Is not so much anymore, but um, I know a lot of people fall into this category. So if you're finding it a bit confusing what we're talking about, recipe clutter, aspiring chefs, home cooks, you probably all have had this or do have this. And we're referring to the clutter that comes from keeping recipe books, either whole bound, you know, hardback, um, recipe books or scrapbooks or binders that hold you know pieces of paper and clippings or or just loose clippings that are cut <coughs> from magazines papers printouts They're stashed
1: everywhere in the house <laughs> yeah,
0: printouts of recipes that you've found online scraps of paper I used to always keep for some reason I had like a pack of envelopes in my handbag for about a year so I've got a whole stack of recipes that were written on envelopes <laughs> <laughs> you know when you're at someone's house and they make something fabulous and you're like I need I need that lemon tart recipe and they'll show you and I would um it must have been pre-phone or certainly pre-camera on my phone and I would mm-hmm. write it all down on um, on the back of an envelope and then the envelopes just got stuck into my scrapbook um, now, these days, I have lots of photographs of recipes. That's mm. part of my recipe clutter. Um, even you can get recipes on product boxes or packets. You know, it's sometimes if you buy a um, bag of chocolate chips and there's a recipe on the back for chocolate chip cookies or whatever it is, you know, and people will cut out that off of the actual recipe packets and they get stuck somewhere with all the other clippings and things. So that's what I mean by recipe clutter. All and sundry of the stuff that you keep in the hope that one day you might just make it. Hmm. in the
1: yeah, or in the anticipation of making it. Um,
0: yeah.
1: and it's often a very strong intention of making it. and some of them do get made. Some of the things that you collect the recipes for do get made,
0: but a lot don't. Oh this is where I'd love to have a statistic, but I don't. I searched <clears throat> and I could not find anything. That could tell me
1: how many how many scraps well, guess, of paper
0: we keep with I think recipes as, that never get
1: made yeah i mean as declutter coaches and organizers i think we've got we can probably reliably say that lots <laughs> would be the statistic uh More because it's half, something that I yeah like a lot most of our clients most of my clients have got recipe clutter in some form or another there's obviously there's a, a whole range and there are some that have so many cookbooks that they can't fit them in the house and they're in boxes in the garage uh, or there are so many that have, you know, dra- a whole drawer full of the filing cabinet of cuttings and clippings. But then there's some that just have a few. But it's kind of, you know, and even, even myself, you know, I still have I have recipe clutter as well and I have a very small volume of it, but it's still some of it is still definitely classed as, you know,
0: recipe clutter um, for sure. So I did a bit of looking into actual hard copy cookbooks and recipe books because I wasn't sure if they were as popular now as they used to be. They're definitely as popular in my house as they ever were, but I didn't know if I'm a true (laughs) representation of the population. Um, And it was quite interesting. One of the things I found was that, hard copy cookbooks or recipe books were one of the only categories of published items that didn't greatly suffer or recede in popularity during the initial rise of the digital age. So when people started making the switch to ebooks and e-magazines, e-papers, all that kind of thing, a lot of people resisted switching to electronic recipe books and most still wanted a tactile book in their kitchen to refer to. And I don't I couldn't find an explanation for that and I have no idea myself why I would still prefer that. But times are, in fact, now changing because millennials and all those young'uns that grew up during, you know, the dawning of this digital age, they're all the people that are now entering the kitchen. And statistics from last year show that 60% of 25 to 34-year-olds now keep their smartphones and tablets with them in the kitchen and use them for their their recipes. Um, mm. And then their slightly older counterparts, so 35 and up, a lot of them will search online for recipes but are more likely to print them out than, and cook from the paper version rather than cooking from the digital version on their, on their tablet mm. or on their phone.
1: I can relate. I mean, I'm definitely older than – I'm definitely a, not a millennial, but I – find it difficult to i found it annoying when i'm cooking when my phone screen goes off and i have to like re you know what's the word? <laughs> reactivate my screen. So it like mm-hmm. just goes blank and then I've got to turn it like back on again. So you're like in the middle of something and then it goes blank and you're like, oh and you have to tap it or you have to start it again. And um find your place and all that kind of stuff. So that annoys me. So if there's something that I make regularly I'm I'm more likely to print it for sure. If it's just a one off, I won't be bothered. But if it's something that I think I'm gonna make more than once printing it is it's more convenient because and it's mainly because it just doesn't go black on me you know, when I'm halfway through reading it or reaching for something. That really annoys me. And I could just turn that off on my phone, but then it's off all the time on my phone. And you know me and my memory, I'm not going to remember to go back and forth.
0: So I just, it's just an annoyance. (laughs) My issue with digital recipes is I'm a messy cook. Like I love being in the kitchen, but Mm. I'm like, the chef from the Muppets, like there is stuff going everywhere, and so only yeah. this afternoon I was cooking with my daughter, and she'd found a recipe online on her phone, and we were making something, and we had we'd scrolled down to the bit where there was the method, and she was like, okay, now we gotta put this in, and I said, okay, how much of that? She's like, I don't know, so I like <laughs> get her phone yeah, and swipe down again. and like leave a big splodge mark of whatever. <laughs> Uh, egg down her phone yeah. she's like gross and I'm like this is what's wrong with digital <laughs> recipes like there's no place for this I have no problems I know some people would be appalled to get splotches and spatter marks in their cookbooks as well like their hardcover ones yeah that doesn't doesn't bother me it shows that's how I know if it's a good recipe the dirtier the pages the more times it's <laughs> it's being used yeah Um, Well, I'm a big fan of plastic
1: sleeves, like printouts and plastic sleeves because, yeah, they don't get as dirty or they can get dirty, but you can actually wipe them clean mm. so i quite quite like that but then that's tends to be why you know for the same reasons as you the whole scrolling thing and all that kind of stuff I, I like to be able to see it all and and i also hate recipes that go over a page as well like so we have to turn the page to see part of it I'm like no nah, if you have to turn the page that recipe is not getting used but like when you can print it all out on one page and you can see everything all in the one picture that's ideal for me i like that
0: so If you are a digital recipe searcher and user and you close the webpage at the end of the cooking process, then potentially you don't have any recipe clutter and this episode is not for you. But if you are a searcher and a printer or a traditional recipe clipping collector or a cookbook enthusiast, then... And you're all of those. Yeah. yeah, And I'm all of the above. Uh, Then recipe clutter is real. So yeah so tell us about yours. You said you don't have a lot what what is the kind of clutter in your house? Is it books? Is it clippings? I've got both um, so I have some
1: cookbooks and I I mean not all cookbooks are clutter obviously but when they're not being used then they are and I do have some cookbooks that don't get used and so they would be classed as clutter and I will talk a bit later about why I still have them but one of probably what I do I do a lot of online, searching and um, but I'll often print them and sometimes I'll just print them from the get-go just because I don't have the, the spoons available in my head to actually do the whole digital cooking so I'll print it at the outset and then if it's a good one I'll keep it and if it's not I'll get rid of it but I have we have two display books with plastic sleeves in them that have all of the printouts and the clippings and things like that that I've done and then I've got Uh, I was going to – actually, I should have checked how many cookbooks I have before I recorded there, but I think I've got about seven cookbooks. So I'm not – it's not high, um, a high volume.
0: That really puts me to shame because I was going to say that I've been living as a cookbook minimalist because I only brought five with me from Australia. (laughs) I'm, like, (laughs) so proud that that I've survived for ten months with five cookbooks. (laughs) I'm like – and almost every week I see another cookbook that I want and I'm like (gasps) – don't want that. In fact <laughs> I bought one just last week that was only available in Australia and I really, really wanted it so I bought it and had it sent to my friend and said that she can keep it for a year until I get home. <laughs> and she said, I'll <laughs> just send just it over to and, you.
1: I was gonna say, Well, why don't you just wait till you get home? Because if you're not using it or well, were you afraid that it wouldn't be
0: available again. I or? want I wanted a signed copy. Oh, okay, <laughs> so yeah. I had well, to. No, get. no, that makes it. sense yeah yep. so and and so I just said to my friend, no, no, that's fine. use it tell me they' and like mark on the pages all the recipes that're good and all the recipes that didn't work out like mm-hmm. you can t- give it the test run and then give it to me when I get there. Um, but yeah I was proud that I've it was that it was like choosing my favorite children when I had to choose <laughs> which cookbooks yeah. to come over with me um, but I don't I don't do I do clip recipes occasionally. But I don't have them. I wouldn't say they're clutter. I have one. I'm like a scrapbook person. I have mm-hmm. one book and I will try a recipe first and only if it's good, then the clip will get stuck in my scrapbook or I'll handwrite it in mm. if it's a short recipe. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of them I'll clip, I'll make, and if it's not great, then it gets thrown. So yeah. I, don't have, I don't have the slips of paper um, or the envelopes lying around my house anymore. Pretty yeah. strict about that. Well, there you go. So you've you've got some
1: you've got some control. So there's probably less clutter than you
0: think. There's a high volume, but not it's not all clutter. Hmm. Uh, if we were to talk about the number of cookbooks I have back in Australia, that would be a different story. <laughs> we'll do that okay. episode. In do you a know of years. how many you have? Did you count them, or is that too scary? No, I did. You know what? I did a huge cull right around the time I met you a few years ago. Now, oh. um. And oh, that was that before big, you moved to Adelaide, maybe? Well, we moved to Adelaide. The big thing was in um, our house in Canberra, I had like a custom-built cupboard insert type thing in my kitchen where all my cookbooks were in my kitchen cupboards. Um, oh, yeah. And it was really convenient and I loved it and they were accessible and handy. And then we moved to Adelaide and we didn't have that same space and we didn't even have a bookshelf anywhere near the kitchen. So... There was a, It was a really high ceiling and there was space on top of the top kitchen cupboards before the ceiling. There was just this ah, yes, unused animals. area. Yeah. So I put, I put all my cookbooks up there and then I didn't use them because it was too yeah, hard to get them, them. down. Mm. And so after a year of that, I thought if I've lived without these cookbooks for a year, then I probably don't need them. So I went through. There was a few favourite recipes that I kept and I've probably donated 30 cookbooks oh, yeah. from that. Um, so now I'm a bit more intentional about the ones I bring in. I wouldn't, I would probably only own 20, 25 maybe in total. Okay, um, But that seems I kind of reasonable. have a one-in, one-out rule usually. So, and I'm now, yeah, now I can't part with any of them. So it kind of stops me bringing one in. So why do people collect cookbooks and recipes? I think one of the key things is the potential. Like when you see, especially the pictures, I feel like the recipe clutter wouldn't be as big an issue if there were no pretty pictures of the totally. food. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> um, but They're so beautiful. Yeah. But like you see an image and there's the potential for that dish to be the perfect thing for a dinner party or for your Christmas lunch or
1: the healthy
0: <laughs> lunchbox snack, yeah, or whatever it is. And I feel like not collecting that recipe at the time seems like a lost opportunity. Um, so there's there's all that potential wrapped up in in, in a new recipe and how much it might enrich your life sounds a bit, you know, over dramatic, but Well it's the reason why we collect anything, isn't it? Because we think it's going to
1: enrich our life Mm. in some way. So that makes perfect sense. I think also sometimes we are we these recipes come with this promise of of something. So we're going to be healthier or we're going to save time or we're going to save money. You know, there are some recipe books that are, you know, like the $10 dinner sort of thing. So you can make recipes that only, you know, cost a small amount for a meal. Uh, so they kind of have this little promise of, of a reward of some kind um, from that as well.
0: Mm. And going on from that, there's ones that educate us as well so or support us through a new phase or a new situation. So if you've either made a lifestyle choice or the choice has been made for you. Maybe you've had to go gluten-free or you're choosing to be keto or vegan or whatever whatever food option you're going with. If you don't know much about that, if you've become gluten-free and you don't know much about gluten-free cooking, then collecting recipes that are gluten-free kind of educates you into the other options for cooking without gluten hmm. and that kind of thing. So I think there is... There's that potential there as well to educate and support you through these new and changing phases. The problem yeah. is quite often we collect it all. Sometimes the phase doesn't last, but the recipes yeah, but do. the recipes do, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Another
0: way that the books can be educational,
1: is, and it depends on the book, but there are some cookbooks that are like cooking Bibles and they've got those basics in there that you can then apply to – cooking anything you know so there are some books that are really good you know and they'll have things in there like how to choose a cut of meat for example Mm -hmm. or how to make your own self-raising flour or how to you know those kinds of basics that you will then use in other recipes so that again is another sort of an educational tool i know there's one is it stephanie um, alexander alexander she has one doesn't she Sorry. Yeah. The, the coo- yeah. Is it the Cook's Companion? Yeah. That's one of those, isn't it? That mm-hmm. does all that kind of basic stuff. Yeah. So that's the kind of book. When I see that one in a in a shelf, um, I've I've never once had a client declutter that book.
0: <laughs> it's always one that stays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I, one of the ones I brought over with me is my version of the Bible. It's called the Silver Spoon, and it's like the Italian version of the Cook's uh, Companion. Yeah. Um, but it has has n- Oh, it has a few pictures, but very few, maybe one picture for every 40 recipes maybe. But yeah. it is like if you've got lemons, you look up the lemon section and, and there is, is, is yeah. 7,000 recipes with lemons from basic lemon cordial to okay. lemon <sighs> preserved lemon chicken, chicken, you know, yeah. whatever it is. So, um, but it's, yeah, it is the Bible. I And if I could only keep one cookbook and had to get rid of the rest, that would be the one I kept because it has yeah. everything and it's got from basic to really complex um and so i think i mean and that's the thing people get attached i'm attached to my cookbooks oh, yeah. yeah yeah well and probably this this is this is the category that
1: that grabs me is the aspirational one because i'm not a cook but occasionally a book has looked pretty enough to trick me into thinking i might be able to be one <laughs> <laughs> or it's been like useful enough or it's, you know, been popular enough or something that I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that. I can be somebody who bakes every weekend or I can be somebody who makes these wonderful meals or I can be this person who, you know, uses, uses my slow cooker to its full potential. <laughs> I can be that person. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, um, it, it does do that, that recipes and recipe books especially do that to us. They're like, they give us this idea that we can turn into this, this person that we want to be.
0: Yeah, and whether that person is um someone that's inspired by your family, you know, maybe I know as a kid growing up, um, I always wanted to be a cook like my nana and my grandma. They were phenomenal. Um, the food at their house was always so good and I I don't think probably until I was in my 20s and I was really cooking for myself and realising how terrible my food was <laughs> compared to theirs, um, you know, then I was aspiring to to the image they'd set of um, what a good cook is. Or it might be that, and this is for me personally as well, I, I it's, it speaks to the person that I think think I would like to be so not just that I want to be able to make something fancy but like I want to be a complete domestic goddess and someone that makes everything from scratch and this is legitimate like last week I started making my own yogurt so the last two weeks I've perfected it but this week it's been like I've made yogurt every day just to make sure I can get it right so now not only am I making my own pickles and you have a lot of bread and jam (laughs) yeah everyone in my house every day I'm like would you like some more yogurt this one's a little bit grainy or this one's a little bit blah 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 but it's a bit tart yeah so um I would like to be the person that can make stuff from scratch and because Mm I I kind of it took me probably six months to really get the handle on bread and sourdough but now I feel like I've got that squared away and that's just That's just part of my repertoire and part of my weekly process is making bread. I'm like, okay, what's next? So now it's yogurt. The next thing will probably be cheese. I don't know. I just want to be the person that can make stuff from scratch. And so then I look... Can I nominate your next experimental phase? Sure. (laughs) Oh, I'll have to think about that. I'm going to pick something really weird. (laughs) Nothing that can explode. I don't want to start... um, Okay, so no beer. Distilling my own beer, yeah, Yeah. or gin or anything. Um, Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, so I think for me the aspirational clutter part of it is I collect the recipes that support the vision of me being that person, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. yeah. Oh, it totally
1: makes sense. And I'm kind of the same but in a different way. So I aspire to be the person who spends as little time as possible in the kitchen (laughs) but still manages to bring out something that is healthy and tasty. So that's the person that I want to be is that, you know, I don't want to be there for very long, but I would like to produce something that's worthy of eating (laughs) in some way in the shortest amount of time possible, which is kind of uh, shows – it's evident in the cookbooks that I keep as well uh, and the style of cookbooks that I prefer is that like short, sharp recipes with, you know, not too many ingredients. Although I would not go as far as the whole four ingredients phase – because I don't like the idea of using so much processed stuff, whereas they use, like, processed things to make their recipes. Mm. So I kind of – that's not my thing, but um, simple, simple as my jam.
0: Yeah. Um, Aspirational as well, I guess, would be for the people that love to experiment. If you aspire to be the person that tries new things and new flavours and combinations – Collecting recipes give you an opportunity to try something new and different and prevent boredom in your kitchen um, and on your table. So um, maybe you're aspiring to be that person that loves to experiment. And the other aspiration is the person that sits down to eat it. I mean, (laughs) we we see all those pictures. Like we said, everything looks amazing and delicious and we want to eat that. And Mm. how else are we going to do that? other than try and make it ourselves, you know. So in aspiring to be the person that eats that delicious food, um, you also kind of need to aspire to be the person that makes it.
1: Yeah. I was wondering what was making all of the noise
0: in my house and I realised it's raining.
1: So the birds are going nuts and then then there's the sound of rain. And I was thinking that it was like the kettle on, but no, it's just the birds excited about the rain. So... Why then do we, I mean we've kind of covered this a little bit about the why, why do we collect them or we keep them and you've already mentioned a couple of reasons why but one of them would obviously be the nostalgia, sentimental kind of, of reason that I know that a couple of the books that I keep, I keep because they were gifts and I kind of have the whole guilt thing making me hang on to them. What other reasons why would people keep the, the books?
0: Yeah, I think um, from my own experience, I've bought recipe books before as souvenirs, which sounds ridiculous really when I think about it. But like when we were traveling in Spain, I bought a book, a Spanish book, you know, a book about um, Spanish tapas and all that kind of stuff. Took that home with me to Australia when we were in India. I bought a few recipe books about curries because the curries were insane. There was the most amazing food i've ever tasted and i was like if i buy an english <laughs> recipe book in india and take it home then i'll be able to make curries like this and then i looked at the ingredients when i got home and was like i'm never going to get half of those things yeah. here and <laughs> have the time to cook them for four days before i eat them and so they never got used so i used to collect um cookbooks a little bit as souvenirs as well which was yeah. never very helpful some are just passed
1: down, you know. I know that my my mother in law has the uh, green and gold cookbook, mm-hmm. and that one's it's really old. And I know that we'll get that one at some point, and I won't I won't get rid of that. You know, that's one that I'll keep whether I use it or not. <laughs> so that's something that you know sometimes books are passed down too.
0: Yeah, and look, I think so many cookbooks you know, as different than just clipping things and recipes, you know, they seem to be easier to come and go, but books themselves I feel like are next level difficult to to let go of and some of them are almost like biographical in nature depending on the writer and the style of the cookbook. But a lot of cookbooks these days have stories in as well, not just the recipes Mm. or there's some kind of cultural insight or there's, you know, um, a bit of a look into the person's lifestyle or their family makeup or you know there's anecdotes and stuff in there as well and I think like the anthologies of recipes that are available a cookbook is more than just a collection of recipes for a lot of people and hmm. um, so it makes it it makes it harder to to let go of and also more attractive to, to collect yeah.
1: Um, we obviously acquire them as gifts. So like I said, I've got a couple that were given to me. My sister went through a phase of giving me Jamie Oliver cookbooks every mm-hmm. year. So I have a little collection of Jamie Oliver cookbooks. Some of them I have definitely used recipes in and others I kind of haven't, but they're hanging around because they were gifts. Um, but the thing is, with one thing about cookbooks is, and this is something that my clients always point out without fail, is that they're beautiful. <laughs> like they're mm-hmm. just Sometimes they're just so beautiful. They The cover design is just gorgeous. They've got like a nice feel about them. They're weighty. They've got substance. You know, they just and, – and the photography or the imagery, you know, they're just so beautiful. And so I think that's another reason why people acquire them in the first place and also might find them hard to get rid of even if they don't use them.
0: Yeah, look, I don't – when I was looking up to see if there was statistics about – um cookbooks and how many we own and there was nothing really that I could um, pin down other than the fact that cookbooks stayed popular even when um, digital recipes became available. Mm -hmm. One thing I did find amongst that, or I remember reading amongst that, was that something like 50% of cookbook purchases were never intended, as in people have walked into a store and seen them and been attracted to the cover or so, are um, impulse buys. Yeah, yeah. because um, and I get that because they are lovely, They've, and I've it's
1: really that been... whole promise, like you know, this will mm-hmm. make you a better mother. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you'll be able to cook this. Or this will make you, you know, a better friend because you'll be able to do these cool dinner parties. Yeah, uh-huh. it's that. It's like they're it's like they're talking to you and and enticing you, you know, to, yeah. to buy them. Some people will buy a cookbook. Do, So there's this whole idea of, you know, I have this little dilemma sometimes of when I Google for recipes, I sort of think that the people that have come up with that recipe, I worry that they're not getting rewarded for all of their hard work. And -hmm. I think that's another reason why some people buy cookbooks is because they they really value the author and their expertise and they want to support them um, properly by, you know, instead of getting a cheap copy or getting some of the recipes off the internet they want to buy the whole book to to support the that author and their the hard work that they've put into it.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's pretty fair. And look, for some people cookbooks are their thing. That's what they collect. Um, yeah. you know, some people collect teapots and some people collect Star Wars memorabilia and some people collect cookbooks. So for those people, you know, it might not be clutter at all. It might be part yeah, of an it intentional might be a collection. collection. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we know then if we have an unhelpful amount of recipes or cookbooks? Like what's – where are the red flags? Um,
1: Probably if you don't know what you've got or if you find – you know, I have clients that sometimes we're decluttering cookbooks and they I find like three <laughs> of the one cookbook and they're like, oh, my God, I didn't realise I had three copies of that. So I think not knowing what you have mm-hmm. uh, would be a bit of a red flag because that sort of is a bit of a clue that there is some unintentionality behind the, the collecting or the acquiring.
0: Mm. I think as well when you can't find what you want, whether it's a whole cookbook Or if it's just a recipe, so you think, oh, okay, I've got pears. I remember seeing that recipe for um, pears in red wine. Where was that? I remember cutting it out of something, out of a magazine. Where is that clipping? And you've got stashes and you've got drawers and it might be here or it might be tucked inside another recipe book somewhere. So when you can't find what what it is you want, um, and that's the problem, then most of us would just go, oh, well, we'll just look it up online find a new recipe print that print out, that out. <laughs> stick that in <laughs> somewhere then, yep
1: and then there's more and it just mm. keeps on going yeah uh so another red flag is that you don't use them enough uh, or you don't use enough of them kind mm-hmm. of two different things to justify the amount of space they're taking up
0: mm. it's a it's a sad one but it's <laughs> kind of true
1: yeah, well, it, it it does affect quite a lot of people and that's because, like we said, the books are very enticing and sometimes they are, you know, beautiful and they promise a lot but you actually don't end up using them uh, and that can happen with a lot of them.
0: And one thing that I think is hard is not a lot of kitchens have bookshelves in them, you know? Yeah. Like where you use the book is not often where you store the book. Like a lot of people store their cookbooks in a different part of the house. So Hmm. then when you're standing in the kitchen, if your phone is near you, it is easy to just grab for that rather than walk to another room, find a cookbook, look through it. Um, And so I think sometimes, yeah, you don't, know you can't access them in the same way they're not convenient which kind of prevents you from using them i think too sometimes they can get in the way of other items that can be a bit of a red flag Mm. like if you've got clippings you know stuck in your tea towel drawer or whatever and you're you know and they're falling out and spilling onto the floor or um you've got books stuffed into cupboards and you've got you know your kitchen beaters and your egg timer behind them and you've got to get the books Mm. out the way to get that like if you've if they're getting in the way whether it be clippings yeah. or actual books um then that's probably a yeah. sign that you've either got too many or you need to reorganize yeah yeah because sometimes it's just reorganizing
1: but a lot of time you've tried to organize it and you can't because there's too many so mm. you know it's usually gonna kind of, you've got to really probably do both um i guess another one is that like i said if i had to walk too far to find mine i would just or you said it actually would just grab your phone and google for it so if you find that you choose to google or you are forced to because you can't find the recipe that you want uh, then that could mean you have an unhelpful volume or they're not organized effectively
0: so i think we've kind of summarized what recipe clutter is and probably got everyone sitting on the edge of their seats figuring out what they're going to do because they identify <laughs> as someone that has recipe clutter, and now Which we're going to make most of us you. would
1: yeah most of us identify with this, so it's going to be you know a lot of people. But you don't we don't have enough time to give you a solution this week. Sorry, we're going to leave you sitting on the edge of your seat yeah for um, the following week.
0: Yeah, so um, we would like to hear though between now and next week, we would love you to come and join us in our community and tell us about your recipe clutter. What do you have? Do you have clippings? Do you have plastic pockets full of stuff do you have cookbooks can you confide in us and tell us exactly how many cookbooks you own come join us in the Facebook community um, and share all your recipe clutter secrets with us there and then come back and join us again next week when we can talk about how we can reorganize our recipes and declutter what we don't want.
1: Thanks for joining us we'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so that they too can be uncluttered If you would like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at rebeccamazino.com.au and basklifecoaching.com.